Before we continue our series of talks this morning, Toby's going to come and do our reading for us. If you've got a Bible, uh, you can get it out now, or if you've got the app on your phone, or um, it's going to be on the screen for you. We're going to be turning to Psalm 103. Thanks, Toby. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed and remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding and who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Amazing. Thank you, Toby. Jesus said that the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we want to see over the, just these coming weeks how we can apply that to our life for this year. To put first things first and to love God as he says. Making uh, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength a priority for us in 2023. So this morning we're going to look at the soul. What is the soul? Well, it turns out not a lot of people can uh, agree. Even biblical scholars can't agree on what the soul actually is. But when we read the Bible, there is this common theme. In the book of Job, it says, I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. And then in contrast, King David, writing the Psalms, wrote, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Or in Psalm 43, verse 5, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. And then even Jesus in the garden before he was arrested and uh, taken to his crucifixion, Jesus said to his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So the soul pants, the soul longs, it becomes downcast, it, it gets overwhelmed, the soul is, gets disturbed, and the soul hopes. 
The soul is the deepest part of who we are, the part of us that searches and yearns for something more than just the the physical, more than just the day-to-day life around us. It's the part that deeply longs to love. It's the part of me that deeply longs to be loved. It's the part of me that deeply longs to believe, to connect, and to find purpose. The soul longs to find rest, to be at peace, and to feel satisfied. The soul longs to be satisfied. It's like when you go to McDonald's and you think, I'm going to try and be good today and I will just order the three-piece chicken select meal. But as you eat the three-piece, you're full of regret because you're not satisfied. You needed those extra two pieces. That's how I feel. The kind, that kind of dissatisfaction is felt within the soul. And only God can satisfy your soul. That's important because it's actually through loving God with all of our souls that your soul becomes satisfied. When our souls are dissatisfied, when we feel dissatisfied in our soul, we start to feel like nothing is good enough. We become dissatisfied perhaps with our relationships, our marriage, our job or our home, or the things that we put into our life, our schedule and our calendar, we start to crave more and more, looking for ways to feel satisfied. This craving which is in us is actually a sign that, that the soul needs God. But often we confuse that signal for something else. The feeling of emptiness we often feel, and instead, we, instead of turning to God, we try and feel that emptiness with perhaps more things, or more approval, or uh, approval from people around us, or more success at work, or more uh, physical or emotional comforts. But the soul thirsts for something consistent and reliable. The soul thirsts for God, not for more things, not for more holidays, not for a new job, or a house, or a significant other, or any of the other things that we think will satisfy us. And so without finding true satisfaction, true and eternal satisfaction in God for our souls, we will always search for satisfaction in love and in all the places that inevitably let us down or perhaps don't last. I remember years back, uh, for me, it was always the relationship that I needed to be in but it would always leave me brokenhearted or in a messy, messy situation. And then uh, more recently, not too recently, but it was um, back for this financial freedom, this desire to be financially free, but got me trapped in a bit of a cycle of debt. And nowadays, perhaps probably just like a lot of you, it's, it's the want for just something extra, something extra that's going to make life a little bit easier, the smartwatch or the accessories, or for me, it's you know, the, the standing desk with the walking treadmill. I don't know, what, whatever it is for you. With those things, perhaps I will be complete. Only God, though, can satisfy your soul. And when we allow God to satisfy our deepest needs, it starts this cycle. As God brings true peace and satisfaction to our lives, we begin to grow in love for him. And as we grow in our love for God and love him with all of our being, we then experience his love more for us. And as we experience more of his love for us, our love for him grows. And as our love for him grows, we experience it begins this cycle. So how do we begin to love God with every part of us, with our our soul? How can we get that cycle started? I want to suggest two things this morning. The first of that is gratitude. 
gratitude, being grateful for what God has done and is doing in our lives. Two things I've noticed in life, particularly my, my own life, that prevent me from being grateful, complaining and comparing. We complain about things that we don't have, and we compare our lives to other people and the things that they have that we don't. Complaining, when we complain, we focus our minds on everything that we don't have and everything that perhaps seems to be going wrong or isn't just quite right or hasn't quite added up. And it makes us forget all the things that are good, that are going well in our life and that God has done. Our love for God will suffer if all we do is complain about the things that we wish were just much better. And then comparing our lives to other people's lives is a sure way to lose gratitude and our love for God. Everyone's life is unique. And if you look at someone else's life, you are sure to find uh, something in their life, something that they have, something that's part of their family or part of their calendar and the things that they do that you wish that you had. Complaining and comparing. One of my favorite times of the year is the summer, when, and particularly when we go away as a church for our church week away to focus. We join with thousands of others who are part of the same church network as us, and we go away for a week. And I love focus, even though it involves camping. I love focus. Something strange happens to me, though, during this week. Despite it being the only time I ever go camping, I get this huge tent envy. Tent envy. And we've got a pretty good tent. We, we knew we're going to be going to focus for years to come. So let's invest in a good tent. And it's nice and it's spacious and it's good quality. But I'll be walking around with love and lust in my eyes for other people's tents during focus. And I'll say to Fiona as we're walking, oh, they've got, they've got, you know, the blackout liner. We've just got boring old normal liner. Oh, look at that. They've got the air pumps. The air pump, we've just got boring old classic poles. Oh, look, they've got a double porch section attachment. We've just got the single. I all too easy get envious of the things I don't have. I wish I had a state-of-the-art gym at home so I could, do, so I could not go to my own gym rather than not go to the, the gym in Torbay. I wish I had a better, more reliable car. I, I, I wish I had cooler looking clothes. You know, it's always that never quite. That's when you say, no, you're, you look great. Your clothes look, no. Never quite, never quite enough stuff. But God is all we will ever need in life. He is enough. And he is the only one who can truly satisfy our deepest wants. Not just the surface level wants, but the deepest wants and deepest needs that we have. It's only God who can truly satisfy your soul. Our psalm that we had read, Psalm 103 in verse 2, said, Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. And then the rest of the psalm almost feels like this list of the benefits of God in the many ways in which God has enriched our lives and what he has done for us and continues to do for us. Some, just some of those things that the psalmist um, David uh, pulls out for us. He forgives our sin. He heals us. He redeems us. He satisfies us. He's working righteousness and justice for the oppressed. He brings compassion and comfort to us. It's only God who can truly satisfy your soul. So as King David says, forget not his benefits. Studies in uh, neuroscience 
and mental health has shown just how much gratitude is a positive impact in your life. If we engage practically in uh, showing gratitude, our mental health improves. We become better at regulating our emotions. We become more optimistic in life. Our mindset's more elevated through gratitude, and we feel more motivated to pursue better outcomes in life. That's just science, but when we bring gratitude into our relationship with God, it's even more important. If you feel like you've lost your love for God, or if you feel like your soul isn't quite so full, isn't quite at peace, isn't quite as satisfied, then gratitude is an important step to bringing that back. And gratitude towards God, importantly, it's God who truly satisfies your soul. The great theologian Rollheiser said that gratitude is the basis of all holiness. So the holiest person you know is the most grateful person that you know. As a family this year, we've started a new practice before dinner. We go around the table. I've got a five-year-old and a, a turning three tomorrow, one, uh, my two-year-old's turning three tomorrow, and we sit around and we, just, uh, we, we each say something that we're grateful to God for. And then we write it down, and then we now pop it in this jar. And as it's going to fill up over the weeks and over hopefully the months as we stick to this practice, it's going to be this physical reminder to us as a family of all the things that we can be grateful to God for. What could you do to bring gratitude into your life and to help uh, grow that relationship with God? Perhaps it's writing out things that you're grateful for in the morning, making a list of the ways in which God has spoken to you in the last week. Perhaps writing a list of all the people in your life and thanking God for them and, and praying for them. These are not groundbreaking ideas, but certainly ideas that will help you to bring gratitude to the forefront of your mind, to help you to love God with all of your soul. So the first way to love God with all of our soul is gratitude. And then the second I want to suppose is praise. Praise. Because the setting in which gratitude is uh, placed is worship. We pour out our gratitude in praise and worship to God. Worship is what we were made for. When we worship, we are in the presence of God. And God's presence, in God's presence, is life. Because you and I were made for life. There are moments in life when you feel like this is just how things are meant to be. It's when we're in the sweet spot. It's when we're doing the things that we love or when it's when we're doing the things that we, we feel gifted at. For me, it's sort of music and being in a band. Uh, for you, it's going to be something else. But it's that sense of like, ah, oh, this is what I was created for. And we feel this sense of peace and satisfaction in what we're doing. We were created for life, not for death. In 2019, the robot uh, named Can't Help Myself was unplugged. I don't know if you saw this, but the thought-provoking and the often controversial artists Sun Young and Peng Yu installed this robot arm in the Guggenheim Museum. Can't Help Myself is a robot that was programmed to do one thing, contain all this red liquid within a fixed area. And it, it it's purposefully made to look like blood. And when, that, when it spreads too much, it activated this sensor in this robot to, um, to swivel its arm, to flex, and to bring the liquid back to the center. 
But rather cruelly, they also programmed this robot to do a little bit of a dance for spectators who would see this at the museum. And so this robot would dance, but then the liquid would begin to spread more. So then it tries to clear it all up again, but it's always losing more liquid than it can actually cope with. So eventually, it stops dancing, and it's just striving and striving in vain to bring this liquid back into the middle. It's quite a disturbing picture, actually, isn't it? Quite disturbing. But a lot of people feel like this. A lot of people's lives feel like this, that simply life is about striving, trying really, really hard to to survive, but inevitably uh, delaying the inevitable. Striving, working, working hard, trying to entertain, but for what and at what cost? This robot was designed and created to fail. But you and I are not. We are created for life for life with God. In Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, it says that God has set eternity in the human heart. In other words, we were created with this deep desire, with this deep longing at the very core of who we are to be in God's presence and to be in relationship with him. And that is precisely where you find satisfaction for your soul. And then in the psalm that we read, Psalm 103, Six times David says, praise the Lord my soul. Praise the Lord my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise is the place where our souls meet with God and find peace. Praise is the place of encounter with God's presence and God's spirit as he meets us and satisfies our soul. A lot of the time, worship comes really easy to me. Even if I wasn't the vicar of the church, I'd be down at the front row and worshiping, trying to give my all in worship, worshiping from from the very core of who I am. I come from a family of hand raisers, so that's what I do in worship. Some of my family who don't go to church, when they came to our wedding almost 10 years ago now, they commented on my dad worshiping this, and he enjoyed it so much, it was as if he was about to take off. That's what I feel. I want to take off in worship. But sometimes, actually, worship, I find worship difficult. And I find, it, I find it difficult to encourage my soul like King David does. And I have to say, come on, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul. I have to encourage myself to worship at times. Because sometimes things have been tough. Last year was particularly tough for us and our family, particularly tough moment in our life. And we had to say, come on my soul and praise God anyway. Sometimes I lose lose motivation. Sometimes I lose inspiration. I found it easier to complain about things that I don't have, complain about the situations. Sometimes I found it easier to just compare my life to other people. Sometimes I've just felt empty and dissatisfied. And in worship and in praise, you can bring your gratitude and your thanks, but you can also bring your pain and your questions and your doubts and all of your uncertainties as well. Because God's presence is meant to be the place that we are most free, where we can let out the deep emotions that lie within the core of our soul. This is why the psalmist writes, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being. And when he says, who satisfies your desires with good things so that you are renewed 
like the eagles. Whatever we bring to God in worship, God can redeem. Whatever we bring to God in worship, God can heal. Whatever we bring to God, and it's when we just bring ourselves, God can make us whole. He brings strength to our soul, and he meets our deepest needs. You can come to God as you are in worship and in praise. Loving God with all your soul comes from gratitude and turning that gratitude into praise to God. Because it's only God who can truly satisfy your soul. And in turn, he gives us the ability to love him with all that we are. And so imagine, imagine if you started your day. This is just a few ideas. Imagine if you started your day being grateful for all that God has done for you. Imagine you start the day like that. You'd start the day with then everything that you need. You wouldn't then need to spend the whole day looking for approval or trying to earn approval from other people because God loves you and Jesus died for you. You wouldn't have to spend the day trying to feel some sort of emptiness inside of you because God is enough and God is all you will ever need. You wouldn't have to spend the day feeling like you were somehow lacking, feeling like you were somehow incomplete because God has placed his spirit inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is alive and it lives in you. Imagine the impact of your, on your life if your soul was truly satisfied in God. If your soul was postured towards gratitude and postured towards praise and thanks. Should we pray for that now?